Good morning, everybody. It's, uh, it's great to be with you. Thanks, Ricky and Michelle and the rest of the team. And uh, it's been a, quite a few years since I've uh, been in Every Nation, Somerset West, but really uh, excited to be with you today and, and feel a great privilege and responsibility to bring God's word to you this morning. And uh, just want to thank you for your love and your, your welcome and your hospitality. It's, it's, it means a lot to us. So, so bless you. Um, this morning, I want to share a word that God has laid on my heart um, but before we do that, um, I shared with Ricky and I think he shared with Pierre and some of the team about two months ago, I, I actually had a dream and, and in the dream I was actually in, in your church and I came along and I was standing about there in, in the dream and um, as I moved forward in this particular dream, I, I was suddenly overwhelmed by the presence of God that was in this place and so much so that I began to just weep and I, I couldn't stop and and, and I didn't have words to, to communicate or describe what I felt, but, but I knew I was encountering him. And, and I shared with the team that that's what I felt. And as we came into worship this morning, the very same feeling that I had in that dream, I experienced this morning. And, and I really believe that God is in this place. Amen. And, and I just want to honor you and commend you for your pursuit of Jesus. It's beautiful. As Ricky said, I get to, to travel around and go to various places and, and, and minister God's word and see different people in churches. But I don't remember what last when I felt his presence so powerfully and, and so strong as I have this morning. And I feel, a, I feel a bit wrecked right now, to be honest with you. And I hope I can get out what's in my heart. Um, but God is in this place and, and, and he has responded to the cry of your hearts. And I know as a people, you've gone after him. And I know that he's, he's passionate about meeting you. And um, I believe he wants to touch our lives this morning. So how many of you are hungry to meet with God today? Um, and I just want to, I want to, I really want to encourage you to position your heart this morning to receive from Jesus. You know, I'm going to share a word, but, but you haven't come to listen to me. You've come to encounter Jesus. Amen. And you have permission to encounter him. Um, you know, this, this last week I was in India. I just got back on Monday and I was speaking um, in Goa and, and we, I was speaking about Jesus and the kingdom and, and an amazing thing happened. Um, the day one that I was there as I was speaking about my journey and what God has done in our lives, at the end of the day, a lady put up her hand. She said, Could she shared a story. And I said, yeah, go ahead. And, and she said that for most of her life, she has had to have prescription glasses. And so she's unable to read or write without these glasses. Um, and so it was getting frustrating for her because she'd been in the school that I was speaking at. And, and whenever she wanted to write something down, she had to put her glasses on and write. And, and then she wanted to look at the speaker. And then she had to take them off to be able to see the speaker. And she kind of was a bit frustrated with this. And but the day that we arrived and we began to speak, at the end of the day, she took her notes and put them into her bag, but they wouldn't fit in, and she couldn't understand why. And, and she suddenly realized because her glasses were at the bottom of her bag, and at some point during the day, Jesus had healed her, and, and she had forgotten that she needed them, um, and, and she, she was able to read and write, and I watched her for the rest of the week, and she didn't put them on once. And it just, what, you know, what struck me was that no one laid hands on her, no one prayed for her. But in an atmosphere of faith, anything can happen. And, and, I, and I say that to you this morning um, because I know that in this room, there, there are people hungry for God. And I know that in this room, there are people who need healing. There are people who need breakthrough. Oh, Jesus, sorry, I'm going to fall apart. And, and there's people who, these people who need a touch from God today. And, and you don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on you. You just come before him right now and say, Father, I want to meet you. And you know what? He's such a good father that he can't resist the cry of your heart. Um, so why don't we close our eyes for a moment? And I love to put my hands out in front of me like this and just say, God, would you come and touch my life today? And I know that he will because he loves you. 
Holy Spirit, we are overwhelmed by your presence this morning. And I ask that you would come and that you would move in this place. God, I thank you that you're a good father. And I thank you, Jesus, wherever you went, you healed the sick, you raised the dead, you set the captives free, you opened blind eyes, Lord, you opened deaf ears, and lives were changed. And I prayed this morning as we sit in your word, Father, that you would do the same again. And that there will be stories of people that have encountered a good father. And Lord, I ask that you would give me the words to speak today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning about the call of God. And um, a few months back, I was about to go over to the UK to speak. And, and Mel and I were praying and we were seeking the Lord. And as we did that, I was reminded of the story in the book of Nehemiah. I'm sure you've read the, the book of Nehemiah before. And Nehemiah is a cupbearer to a king. And the one day he gets a report about the state of Jerusalem. And, and the story tells us that he is overwhelmed by what he hears, and he begins to weep, he begins to fast, he cries out to God, because it's not okay that this, the city stays the way it is. He goes to the king, and he gets permission to go rebuild the city, and, and as he goes out, he gathers the people. And there's this moment in the story where Nehemiah begins to blow the trumpet. And as he blows the trumpet, the story tells us that people came to him who had a mind to build. And as I reflected on that story, I felt like the Lord said to me, Mark, I'm blowing my trumpet. And I felt like he said to me, Mark, I want you to begin to release the trumpet call of heaven. And what is that? That is the call of God. God, I felt he laid in my heart that he's calling a people to himself. He's calling us to be like him and he's calling us to go with him. And, and as I thought about that story, I reflected on the fact that from day one, God has been calling, hasn't he? Even when Adam and Eve walked away, what did he do? He went calling while he wanted them. God called Abraham, and, and God called Joseph, and, and God called David, and God called Esther. And throughout the, the, the Old Testament, God was calling. Even when the nation of Israel walked away, what did he do? He sent his prophets, and he began to tell them to call the people back. There was a sense of going, I'm not calling you to work for me. I'm calling you to be loved by me. And throughout the pages of Scripture, that is the, the question that's being released, the cry that's being released, that God is looking for a people who will do life with him. God's looking for a people who will walk with him. And even as we turn the pages and we go into the New Testament, the same father that was calling the people to himself through Jesus began to call a group of people too. And we see in the book of Mark, and I want to read it to you, Jesus calling 12 men to himself. And in this passage that I want to read to you this morning, I believe that there are three things that I want to emphasize today that I believe that God wants to say to us this morning. And so if you have a Bible, you might want to turn with me to the book of Mark, and we're going to read from chapter 3. And um, I'm going to simply read to you from verse 13 onwards. And it's a short passage of scripture um, that I believe that God wants to speak to us through this morning. Mark chapter 3 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and he called to himself those that he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Let me read it again and just allow the Lord to speak into your heart what he's saying to us. It says, Jesus went up a mountainside and he called to himself those that he wanted. I'll pause there for a moment. It's interesting to me that Jesus went up a mountain. What is the significance of that? I don't know, but, but Jesus seemed to, to, from time to time, remove himself from the busyness of life and he called the people to do the same. 
And I believe that first and foremost, God is calling us not out of the world, but for a moment to step out of the busyness and the chaos and the noise of life to simply be with him. Amen. And so he goes up a mountainside and he calls to himself those that he wanted. Isn't it beautiful that he wanted them? You know, when, when God looks at you and he looks at me, you know, some people have said things like God regretted the day that he made us. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God wants you. God loves you. God is for you. God is proud of you. God is smiling over you this morning and God desires you. I believe with all my heart that God wants your heart more than he wants your hands. What I mean by that is that the primary pursuit of Jesus is not that you would do things for him, but that you would do life with him. I've heard people often say things like, I work for God. I do not work for God. I walk with God. And by walking with God, we get to do some amazing things with God. But he came up a mountainside and he called those that he wanted. And I want to say to you this morning, God wants you. God wants you not because he needs you, not because he's in some place of lack. God wants you because he made you as an expression of love. He desires you. And we find life when we do life with Jesus. He wants you. He desires you. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with God today. It doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that he is pursuing you, that he is calling you. He's desiring you. He wants you and he wants everything because he wants to breathe life into your very being. So he goes up a mountainside and he calls to himself those that he wanted. And that says they came to him. That says that we have a choice. These disciples could have heard the call and said no, but they chose to say yes. And even this morning, he is calling, the trumpet is being released. My urge you this morning that you and I, myself, that we would say, God, yes, I'm coming to you because I don't just want to know about you, I want to know you. So they came to him and it says he appointed 12 that they might be, what does it say in your Bible? That they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach, to have authority to bring freedom. And when I look at this story and I look at this moment, for me, there's three things. There's three calls that I believe that God is releasing upon us and perhaps you can identify with them this morning. Number one, I believe that God is calling us to himself. You know, when, when I read my Bible, some of you heard me share this before, the last two years have been the most life-changing two years of my whole life. And in these last two years, I felt the Lord said to me, I want you to live in the gospels. And so I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then when I finished, I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I felt him say, read it again and again and again. And, and I've lived in the Gospels and I've lived in the book of Acts. But when I read the Gospels, um, you know what touches me, what I'm overwhelmed by, is that wherever Jesus went, people followed him. People were captivated by the presence of God. There's this mo one moment in the, in the Gospels where, where Jesus is about to feed the 4,000. You might have read the story. And it says this, a little sentence that sometimes we just don't even see. It says this, Jesus says, these people have been with us for three days and they've had nothing to eat. Maybe we should feed them. And I stop and think for a moment, can you imagine the situation? I don't think day one, when they went to be with him, they were like, guys, pack a picnic because we're gonna be here for three days. I think Jesus walked past and they were like, we've got to go with him. There was something about Jesus that caused them to leave everything to follow him. And so for three days, there they are with Jesus. So it's entirely possible that they had no food for three days. But such was the presence of Jesus that they prioritized him over their fleshly needs. That's how captivating he was. 
What was it about this man that caused people to leave everything behind? These disciples who had been fishing all their lives, it says they left their nets and they followed him. I wonder if it was to do with the the power of God, that wherever he went, those who were sick got healed. Wherever he went, those who were blind, they got their eyes restored, their sight restored. The power of God was released wherever he went. And even in this room this morning, as I prayed a moment ago, if you have a physical need, there is absolutely no reason why you should not meet that need today. The power of God. But it wasn't just that, it was was the wisdom with which he spoke. You know, when Jesus spoke, people came alive. There was this one story where it says that the Pharisees asked these security people to go and arrest Jesus. And, And when they came back, having not arrested Jesus, they said to him, why didn't you arrest Jesus? Do you know what their response was? They said this, have you heard him speak? And they were like, oh my goodness, do you believe as well? Like, yeah. When he spoke, they might not have always understood with these ears, but their spirit said yes. There was something about the very words of Christ that penetrated the hearts of people and made people come alive. But it wasn't just that, it was what he was like. It was the hope that he brought. Jesus saw the gold in people. When he walked the earth, the world saw a tax collector, Jesus saw a disciple. The world saw a fisherman, Jesus saw a revivalist. The world saw a woman who'd been married four times, Jesus said, you're the perfect person to lead your city into revival. There was something about the nature of Christ. There was something about who he was as a person that made people think, I don't have to live in my past anymore, I have a future in Christ. He made people come alive. And because of that, they came to him. Do you know, for so long, not you, you're amazing and wonderful, but the church in inverted commas has presented religion. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick of religion. I just want to know him. I want to walk with him. You know, there was a moment when when the disciples and so many were leaving Jesus and and Jesus turns to them and and he says, are you going to leave too? And Jesus says, where are we going to go? Because you hold the words of eternal life. In other words, nothing else comes close to the beauty of who you are. And so I believe, number one, that God is calling us not to a, even a church as beautiful as that is, not to a religious, religious organization, not, not to a, even a vision or a strategy as important as that is. Jesus is calling us to himself, number one. But then it goes on and it says that they came to him and this beautiful little phrase there, it says that they might be with him. You know, they came to him, but it didn't come as sometimes we do to a meeting and then go home. It says they came and they were with him. For three years, these disciples were with Jesus. Can you imagine what that must have been like? They, they lived with him. They ate with him. They, they listened to him as he taught about the kingdom. They, they watched him heal the sick and raise the dead. For three years, they were immersed in the presence of heaven on earth. For three years, they, they were saturated by God. For three years, they did life with him. I bet you something shifted for them. I bet you something changed about them. You cannot be in the presence of God for three years in that way and stay the same. And so they came out the other side of those three years, transformed people. And we know that because in the book of Acts chapter four, there's this beautiful moment when when the people are observing Peter and John. And it says this, it says, when they saw the courage and the boldness of these two men, they marveled and they said, these men are not ordinary people. No, sorry, it says they are ordinary people. They're not even educated, but they said, these people have been with Jesus. Do you know what my passion is? 
is that as a people, that we would be so saturated by the presence of God that when we step into our family and our workplaces and, and, and hospitals and wherever we might go, people would look at our lives and they would say, these are ordinary people, they're unschooled people, but we can see they have been with Jesus. And so there's this call to him, there's this call to be with him. You know, Ricky mentioned a bit of our journey, but I grew up in Cape Town and we were in ministry here for many years and then we led the church in Durban for many years. And, and then in 2011, we moved to the United Kingdom and for four or five years, we were, were ministering all over Europe and God was doing incredible things. And then for various reasons, we felt God was calling us back to Cape Town. And when we came back to Cape Town, we came mainly for family reasons and there were a bunch of things that we thought that we were gonna do. And the day before I turned 40, um, I got a phone call and, and basically it was communicated to me that the things that we thought we were going to do, we were no longer going to do. And, and I found myself in a season that I described to people as, what now? Have you ever been in a season like that before? Oh, it's so beautiful. And, <laughs> and having been in, in full-time ministry for 20 years and, and earning a salary for 20 years, we suddenly found ourselves as a family in a space where all those suddenly were, were stripped away from us. And, and we're kind of still on that journey. But you know what? When you have nothing but Jesus and your family, something happens inside of you. And as a family, we have gone through the most life-changing experience. And you know what it is? Because we've met him. And from day one, I've had a passion for the presence of God. But something has happened in our hearts as we are not pursuing anything other than the presence of Jesus. And I've been utterly immersed in the presence of God for, for 18 months. And in that time, we've been challenged, we've been transformed, we've been refined, but God has shifted something that in that space, not only has he changed our lives, but a passion has been birthed in our spirits. Do you know what for? To simply make Jesus and his kingdom known and to raise a generation of people who will live wholeheartedly for Christ. And I believe that that is what God is doing. He's calling us to himself. He's calling us to be like him. But having been immersed in the presence of God, it goes on in our story and it says that he then sent them out to preach the gospel and to bring healing and to bring freedom. You see, here's the thing. When you look at his face, when you look into his eyes, when you encounter his love, as beautiful as it is to sit there and enjoy him, you can't keep quiet about what he's done in your heart. And suddenly there's this repositioning, not only in the lives of the disciples, but for us as a family, where God says, Mark, it's time to start giving away what you've experienced. And there's this beautiful story that we came across recently as we've been looking through the gospels in the book of John chapter 11, and I won't tell you the whole story, but John chapter 11 is the story about Jesus and Lazarus. You might remember the story. But in the story, Lazarus has died and Jesus goes back after four days, he's been dead. Jesus goes back and they roll away the tomb. And Jesus stands at the edge of the tomb and he calls Lazarus out and he says, come forth. And Lazarus is awakened from the dead. But as he comes out of the tomb, how many of you know, you might have read the story, he's still bound by these grave clothes. And Jesus looks to him and he turns to the friends and the disciples and he says, unravel this man. Why? Because he didn't only want him awake, he wanted him free. And as I read the story, I felt like the Lord said, Mark, that's what I'm doing in your heart. 
I'm awakening you to who I am and to what I've done for you and to what it is to live in the kingdom. But not just that, I'm untying you from a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm untying you because I have purpose for your life. And as we encounter God and are immersed in his presence and go forth from this place, here's the mandate. The mandate is to awaken the world to the beauty of him. The mandate is to awaken the world to the Father's love. It's to awaken the world to the goodness of God. It's to awaken the world to the story of God, which is not, will you work for me? The story of God is, will you marry me? That's what he's declaring. He's awakening a people to the beauty of what we experienced this morning, that it's possible to live life with Jesus in intimacy, with life flowing through our beings, him breathing into our hearts and saying, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. And so our mandate is to awaken the world, but our mandate is to set people free. You know, so much of the story of the Bible is him coming to set people free, to set you free from religion, to set you free from fear, to set you free from insecurity, to set you free from shame, to set you free from all these things that have bound you and paralyzed you, but not just that, to set you free into the purpose for which he created you. And again, there's another beautiful story in the Bible where Jesus sends his disciples to untie the donkey. Do you remember that story? And he goes and he unties the donkey and he says, what must we do with this? And just tell them the master has use, but he'll bring him back. And this donkey is untied for Jesus to rest upon the donkey to ride into Jerusalem. Here's the point. We are not just being awakened. We are being untied to carry the presence of God. This is the call. Does it make sense to you? He is calling us to himself. He's calling us to be with him. But ultimately, God's big idea is that humanity would carry the presence of God and bring the glory and the grace and the kindness and the goodness and the healing of God to every single person in this world. So today, I'm here to tell you that the trumpet is sounding. Today, I'm here to to declare over you that the call of God is being released. He's calling you to himself. He's calling you to do life with him but he's calling you to send you out. A few months ago, um, I was worshiping the Lord and um, I picked up my guitar and, and I was just singing to God and worshiping him. And as that happened, I closed my eyes and I immediately saw in the lounge that I was in, I was actually in England with a friend and I saw a man walk into the room and my eyes were closed and so it wasn't like an open vision, it was just in, in my heart. But this man was clear to me like you are to me today. And I looked at this man and my first thought was, where is your army? There was this authority, there was this stature on him. And I felt like the Lord said to me, Mark, ask me who this is. So I said, God, who is this? And I felt like Jesus said to me, just in my heart, I didn't hear an audible voice, it just impressed on my heart. This is the angel that was with Joshua when they went over the Jordan and into the promised land. And I was like, is that like even in the Bible? <laughs> Got to make this legal. And, and I felt like God said to me, I've sent him to be with you and I want you to start to declare a repositioning of my people from the desert to the promised land, from death to life, from darkness to light. So I was like, oh my goodness. And so I opened my Bible and I, and I read through the book of Joshua and I came to Joshua chapter five. And I'll tell you what happens. They've just been through the Jordan And early one morning, they're about to go to Jericho. And Joshua wakes up early and he walks towards Jericho to inspect the walls of Jericho. And as he's inspecting the walls of Jericho, Joshua sees a man with the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua says to him, are you for us or are you for our enemies? 
And the man says to him, neither. I'm the captain of the Lord's army. And I have now come. And I was quite overwhelmed by that. And so the next day I flew to Germany and I was doing a conference in Germany and I'd been to the church before and, and I arrived on the Friday night and we started to minister and I felt like I should share what I'd experienced. And so I just said to them, guys, I don't know if this makes any sense to you, but this is what I saw. Hey, it could have been I had too much pizza, but maybe it's Jesus, I don't know. But I shared with them what I'd experienced and I said, I believe that God is wanting to reposition you individually and in the church into what he has for you. Well, all heaven broke loose. And I saw these people, and I've been there before, who were quite um, like that. And <laughs> I shared like that. And I shared the word. And we just started walking up to people and just laying hands on people, just very gently. Father, would you just come? And I tell you, these people started flying. As the presence of God hit them, the pastor of the church is quite considerably bigger than I am. And as I prayed for him, he fell on me. And I, th- I thought I was going to die. Um, but the Spirit of God began to move in the most astounding way. And as we began to pray for people, there was this one man who came forward, and he, he said that he had cancerous tumors in his wrist. And so we prayed for him over two days. And nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. On the Saturday, as we prayed for him, his, heart, his arm got so hot that he began to take off the, the cast that was around him. And that night he went, he was so freaked out that he went, I'm gonna go to the hospital. So he went to the hospital and they did x-rays and scans and all that kind of stuff. And the doctor said to him, why are you here? And he said, because I've got cancerous tumors in my wrist. He said, no, you don't. And, he, and, and so he said, no, I do. And he got the, you know, the piece of paper out to say, here's the doctor's report. And this doctor said, no, you don't have anything like that in your, on your arm. And God healed him as we just, declared this repositioning. Um, and the next week, I was back in South Africa and I got a call from the pastor at that church and he said, this was a small church of 50, 60 people. He said, I don't know what happened, but this next Sunday, there were like 30 or 40 new people that just arrived in the church from like nowhere. Um, what am I saying to you this morning is this. God's calling us to himself. God's calling us to do life with him, to become like him, but to go. And I believe that not only is the presence of God in this room today, I would be so bold as to say, I believe there are angels in this room today. And, and, and they've come to do the work of God. And what is that? It's about repositioning us. And so this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to simply say, Amen. Amen. I want you, Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to ask if the worship team wouldn't mind coming back up. And um, that probably wasn't a very long sermon. Forgive me. My goal is not to preach long. My goal is to lead you into an encounter with Jesus. Okay. So, so please don't leave because I'm actually just starting as to what we're going to do. And, and, and I want you to encounter Jesus this morning. That's what it's all about. And so I wonder if the team can come and Helena, if you wouldn't mind just, just starting to minister in the background. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And if, if, if I can ask that nobody moves around at this point. thing is that we don't need to like beg God to come we don't need to like be perfect none of that 
All you need to do is just posture your heart, position yourself before Jesus today. And I want you, as you do that this morning, just to reflect on what you've heard the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning. The trumpet is sounding. The call of God is being released over us as a people today. He's calling you to to himself. What if... What if our opportunity today is to be one of Jesus' personal disciples? You might say, oh, but those were the 12. Yeah. But I reckon the same invitation is being released on us today. Come and be with me. And as I said a moment ago, the question that I believe heaven is asking is not, will you work for me? It's, will you marry me? Will you allow me to come and love you? Come and heal you? Come and set you free? wants you to fly with him. In the book of Isaiah, it says, those who hope in the Lord will will find their strength renewed. They will rise up on wings like an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. I got this picture of God elevating people. I got this picture of God lifting people up. It's like gravity has no effect anymore. And yeah, we're on the earth, but do you know we're dual citizens? That means that we're no longer bound by the things that go on around us. My feet are on the ground, but my head is in the clouds. He's lifting you up. He's raising you up. He's saying, come and soar with me. Come a little closer. Come a little higher. Spread your wings out. I just see him breathing. Breathing, breathing unto into your heart, breathing unto the underneath the wings of your arms. And as we're in this position this morning, as the music is just playing in the background, I believe that we need to respond. And when you're ready, saying, God, I want to say yes, Lord. I want to, I want to, I want to say yes to you, Jesus.